no matter where you fall in your level of intelligence in different areas, you've been gifted in an area. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Everyone has giftings. Now, you may not be the sharpest tool in the tool shed. I may not be either. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of A Call to Leadership. I'm Dr. Nate Sala. I'm your host on these Solo Friday episodes where we unpack some aspects of leadership and add a new leadership skill characteristic to your leadership tool belt. So it's just the two of us. And uh, we're talking about how leadership is born or learned. In other words, are leaders born or made? And if you didn't listen to the first episode in this multi-part series, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the episode just before this a week ago, Friday. But stay tuned, listen in, because we're talking about this aspect called intelligence. It's a second leadership trait that's closely associated with the perception of leadership. And so some argue that intelligence is locked in. It's innate. You're born with it. And that's the breadth of your life. You are, if you will, stuck with your certain level of intelligence. When are we talking about intelligence? Well, there's different kinds of ways to describe intelligence. The Probably the most common way to describe it is your IQ. You probably heard that. Intelligence quotient. And you may have even taken an IQ test. Many of them out there and they measure your level of intelligence. So a standard IQ rating would be somewhere in 100 range. And that would be an average IQ 80 to 100. And then once you get to 100 to 110, then that's above average. And then from 110 to 120, that would be a higher, of course. And then superior would be 120 to 130. Genius level would be upwards of the 130s to 140 ranges. And then, of course, it keeps going up from there. Now, of course, you think about like people who are geniuses, like an Einstein, perhaps someone in a Steve Jobs category. These are people who would exhibit high levels of IQ. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're better leaders. Sometimes it doesn't even relate to leadership. In fact, it's been stated that if you're so far, your intelligence level is so far removed from your followers, you might not have the connection with your followers. You may be disconnected from them. And so sometimes the smartest person in the room is not the most effective leader. That doesn't necessarily mean that if you're really smart, if you're at genius level, that you cannot lead. It just means that you must be careful not to be too far detached and unable to communicate effectively with non-leaders or followers. But that's only one kind of intelligence. And some people say, well, maybe I don't have a high IQ. That doesn't mean that you're not intelligent. In fact, there's all different types of intelligences. There's musical intelligence. My wife can... uh, I mean, she can recite music, songs. I don't know if you know anyone like this, if you're like this, but just about every single word in a song, she knows the words. And she would call me out on stuff all the time when we were dating and I'd be singing a song like, you know, is it safe to dance? And it's a song from the 80s. She goes, it's, you know, that's not, you know, those aren't the words. I'm like, no, I thought they were. <laughs> She's like, no, it's called, it's the safety dance. I'm like, oh, 
Okay. And such a high level of ability to discern sounds and music. And she understands pitch, tone, rhythms, all of that. And just musically inclined. That's musical intelligence. There's logical, mathematical intelligence. So you may know someone or maybe someone who is able to make hypotheses, prove them, understand logic and math, and really be strong in those areas. I was somewhat strong in those areas, but not to the level of high intelligence in those areas. I can get by with pre-calculus and things like that. But that was important to me too. I loved math, but I wasn't necessarily the highest in that area. It doesn't mean that you have to be the highest either. There's interpersonal intelligence. And we actually have, since the 90s, we have a completely new philosophy of EQ. You may have heard of EQ, which is your emotional intelligence. And so this is an ability to sense people's feelings and motives, having these interpersonal relationships. You could be stronger in that area. In fact, I remember when I was going to school, I had to take a test to measure my EQ, my emotional intelligence. And I remember having to look at a picture and identify people's feelings in that photo. And so the level I was able to identify them measured some aspect, if you will, of my emotional intelligence. And there's all different other kinds as well. The point is, is that you may have a natural tendency in these areas. You may not. You may have an ability to see things from a highly logical perspective and your interpersonal or your EQ might be lower in that area. You might have strong understanding of the spatial world, visualization of the world in 3D. You may have an ability for having linguistic intelligence, and that's really finding these right words to express what you mean. I have one of my students who is brilliant in linguistics. In fact, I just read a report that is going to be a pitch for a particular business, and it was just exquisite. And so this individual is working in his genius zone and expressing the full breadth of his intelligence in linguistics. And so that's really the point I'm beginning to gravitate toward. No matter where you fall in your level of intelligence in different areas, you've been gifted an area. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Everyone has giftings. Now, you may not be what we say the sharpest tool in the tool shed, I may not be either. And it's not necessarily about comparison. In fact, when we spend time comparing, we spend time focusing less on what we must do and more on what we're deficient in. And I think that can be a distraction. I think we can get distracted when we spend so much time looking at everyone else and where are you at on the scale and where are you at on the scale? I used to do that. In fact, when it came to business, I would look at all the other people who own businesses and I'd say, wow, this person's so much more successful than I am. And I would have envy. I would have jealousy. And there's nothing wrong with understanding where someone else is and perhaps striving to reach that milestone or looking at it as a benchmark and hopes to reach a higher plateau. But it can be used in such a way that it actually will deflate you and keep you from striving for your very best because we're living by comparison. And I don't think that that's a healthy way to approach leadership and leadership mastery. There's areas that you're strong in. And if you just simply focus on honing those areas 
And there's also areas that perhaps you're not strong and you say, well, should I strengthen my intelligence, my these traits, try to strengthen them in areas that I'm not proficient in? And there's different arguments for that. One argument is that it's a total waste of time. And if you're not strong, I'm not that strong in musical ability. I'll tell you that right now. We've got a piano and my wife can play it. My son can play it really well. I still have to use the numbers and I can't read music. I suppose if I put enough time into it, I could. In fact, if you ever watched the movie Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray, where he has this reoccurring day every single day, it's the same day. And because he has so much time, he gets to become an expert and learn all these different things. And one is piano. Well, if I could live another 150 years, I suppose that I would love to learn and play the piano well. And I could probably increase my musical intelligence over time, but it's not the best and highest use of my time. It just isn't. I am stronger in areas of linguistics, interpersonal intelligence. And so I can thrive in those areas, keep building and growing in those areas, and I'll make a bigger impact. Now, if I wanted to try to grow in certain other areas, I can but it's less about the impact that I can make and more about the hobby or the ability to simply try to improve in an area. So I tend to agree less on it's a total waste of time and more on if I focus on my genius zone, if I focus on my greatest strengths in intelligence in that trait and I master those and I maximize the potential for those, then I believe that I can lead more effectively by utilizing those to help people along their path. And so that is one picture, if you will, of intelligence as a leadership trait that can be learned. And I would state that if you were to ask me the question, are leaders born or made? I would say the answer is yes. You can be born with certain characteristics that are closely associated with leadership, but that doesn't make you an effective leader. An effective leader understands how to take context and as they converge to master and maximize the potential for moving and progressing your condition forward toward the vision, to make the vision real. And so as leaders, we must first identify what a better future state looks like. And that's part of the intelligence realm. Part of the intelligence realm is to be able to see out into the future and see where it is that we would like to be that's better than the current state. And then begin to share that with others so that we begin to create influence as we discover the better future state and then walk toward achieving that state of shared purpose together. That's really the heart of leadership, my friend. And so when we're looking at the second trait, we looked at last episode. Again, I would encourage you to go visit that episode. We looked at integrity as a leadership trait that leaders, some leaders are born with, if you will, and they're, especially in their youth, they're born and develop integrity. Some later, I know for me it was later, I didn't have a lot of integrity growing up. And then the second piece, intelligence. Don't think that just because you don't have a degree, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, a PhD, that you're not intelligent. Let me tell you, I know a whole lot of people that never went to college who are vastly more intelligent than me in very specific areas and that I learn from them and that I grow with them. Don't ever count yourself out. And if you're on the haughtier side, you think that you're so smart, 
Let me tell you something, friend. There's always somebody who's smarter. And so my philosophy is if you're the smartest person in the room, it may be time to find another room so that you can grow and learn and be a part of the experience of growth and challenge yourself. So intelligence, yes, it's a trait. Yes, we have different kinds of intelligence, but don't ever count yourself out. If your intelligence isn't the same as someone else's, don't worry about that. What you should be concerned about as a leader is how you can leverage that trait to make a better future state real so that you can progress and help others to progress along their journey. There you have it. This is our mini episode, and I can't wait for you to join me on our next episode as we continue to ask the question on these Solo Fridays, are leaders born or made in this new series on A Call to Leadership? Well, my friend, we did it again. I'm so glad you joined me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. If you've been with me on the show, listening in, you'll know this. But if you're new, you may not know that I created a free course for you that you don't need to provide an email address. You don't need to go anywhere, but to stay right here in the podcast. I created the very first six episodes of the podcast because I wanted you to have the kind of value that you need to take advantage of to thrive as a leader. So if you haven't done that yet, listen to episodes one through six, and I'll see you on the next episode. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, and this is a call to leadership.